Hello, friends. Welcome to a special spooky episode of Play Along Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jared, and I'm joined by Kai and Ben. Happy Halloween, guys. It's Halloween. Spooky time. Spooky Halloween. If you celebrate it. I don't know. That's like a thing you have to disclaim, like like Christmas. Maybe. I I would love to not celebrate Christmas, so. Really? You don't like Christmas? I fucking hate Christmas with a passion. What did Jesus ever do to you? Uh, not exist. <laughs> just, just getting right into it. Much like my absent father, never <laughs> just was never there, never showed up. Uh, why do you hate Christmas? I gotta get into this now. Okay. Oh, bro, it's just commercialist shit. I feel like this is a discussion for another time. Okay. Stay tuned I don't know to if the you bonus. Want to put e- these vibes into our Halloween episode. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned to but- the next bonus episode on our Patreon where we discuss Christmas and. Uh, yeah. And the, the contrary to that, I absolutely love Halloween. So, oh. do you guys celebrate Halloween? Of course we do, bro. I, Ooh, okay. Kai and I were talking. It's like well, Halloween's not around the world. Not everybody celebrates exactly. Halloween. Exactly, like, not around the world. Everyone celebrates. Really Halloween. interesting. Yeah. No. I did not know that. Um, but you like grew up with like Halloween and everything. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Grew up Halloween, trick or treating. Um, you know, spoopy movies, all of that sort of Hell yeah. standard stuff. Then I'm assuming we got Halloween from you guys. Probably. I assumed we got Halloween from you. Because I always assumed that, like, isn't Halloween linked to, like, uh, like All Hallows Eve and the Day of the Dead? Oh, no, I'm thinking, like, Mexican festivities. Mm, I went the opposite way. I went, like, the demonic kind of side of things. Yeah, yeah, that's that's always how I assumed it was. And then we inherited uh, from this you. special holiday that we're going to be discussing. Uh, it is the from the Gaelic Halloween. festival. Interesting. Gaelic oh, is much closer to us. Yeah, so it probably came from you guys. Wow. Okay. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we fucking America did it and, and created what it is now. And we're like, we're going to make this ours now. It's not ours, but it's going to be now. I mean, that's what you did to Christmas. That's why Father Christmas <laughs> doesn't wear green anymore. He wears red. Because Coca Cola. <laughs> Is that why? Mm-hmm. It was a Coca-Cola market. Now, now, now I want to do an episode about Christmas and hear about all these Christmas fun facts. Now I'm curious. Uh, stay tuned. Um, <laughs> but spoopy. Yes. Um, spoopy season. We decided to do kind of a special episode for Halloween. Uh, I'm pretty sure last year during this time we were just playing through Resident Evil Village. So we're like, it was already kind of spoopy time anyways. So it was... I sent you a TikTok. Have you seen the DLC for Resi 8? I haven't, but it looks... I have, I've seen, like, the advertising, but I haven't seen, like, that's in the third-person mode, and I've seen the extra content with his daughter. It looks super cool. I want to check you it out. You play as Rose, and yeah. there are, like, mannequins that don't move when you're not looking at them, oh, so you have to keep your shit. eye on them. Uh, it, yeah, it looks fucking... It looks spoopy as shit. Yeah. But we're not playing that. No, we're no. not playing that. Today, we decided to check out the spooky little game which is scorn mm. uh before we get into kind of like the gameplay and how we are feeling about the game and everything i just want to kind of go through its uh some of its history development and then a little bit of its reception too so i didn't know this and i was i was googling some of this earlier this morning but scorn was actually revealed in 2014 it was the first re- shit for scorn yeah i know it was revealed, and they had a Kickstarter with it, too. Uh, along with the reveal, there was also some, like, pre-alpha gameplay. 
And if you go and watch it, it's not too dissimilar to what we got now. I mean, it looks significantly better because the game is 4K, runs at 60 FPS. Mm-hmm. Um, they changed the designs of like the, the creatures and the characters, but they had pretty much the basis of what they were going for, kind of this very over-the-top, very spooky, very fleshy kind of environment. And that was kind of there from the beginning, it looks like. But I was, it was wild when I was looking at this. I was like, 2014 was revealed. That's, that's kind of crazy. They worked on this game for a long ass time. <laughs> yeah, they mm-hmm. did. Uh, in January, they got funding from, or sorry, yeah, January of the following year, they got funding from an investor and they started development on it. And the game was actually going to come out in two separate parts. It's going to be like part one of Scorn and then it's going to be part two of Scorn. Uh, 2017, they decided they started a second Kickstarter, which they announced that they were just going to lump the game into one full experience. I think the goal was like 150,000 pounds or something. They made that, and then in May of 2020 is when it got announced for um, Xbox Series X and PC. And it's a timed exclusive, actually, so it will be coming to other consoles eventually, okay. uh, which is really interesting. But yeah, 2014, that's a long time. That's a very long time. Also, this game does game not... so fucking short. Yeah, exactly. uh, Yeah, I was going to say, this game does not need to be two parts. Like, it... it... Yeah, I, I was really curious of the decision for that. Like, why... Maybe I think, think it was just a funding thing, maybe. Like maybe. Release the first part, get the funding from the sales of the first part, and then fund mm. the second part. I don't know how much this game is actually so because I mean disclosure, we played it through Game Pass because it came day one on Game Pass, but I have no idea how much Scorn runs on normally. And I guess I'm gonna guess thirty dollar runes. Yeah. What'd you I guess, Benji? Say, I was gonna say a good twenty five. I reckon twenty to twenty five. Okay, why is this immediately making me go to game? Okay, I have to put in my uh, birthday. So that oh, you know okay. that I'm allowed While you to do that, you. should we talk about H.R. Geiger? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Talk about these two interesting gentlemen that And, and the name game. that I can't pronounce. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to call him Be- Bexinki. That's his last there name. There you go. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but H.R. Geiger is a character that I realized I've seen a lot of work either directly his or influenced by him and mm-hmm. i just had no idea who he was um very specific scary style of, yeah uh, i mean most famously, this game definitely shows it too <laughs> yeah most famously he was involved in the uh, alien franchise he is the mind behind the xenomorph wow that's awesome um ben what was your guess on price uh 25 20 to 25 was, what was your guess on price 30 it's thirty nine ninety nine on Xbox. So wow, forty, 40 dollar runes. I would feel very that's differently many, if I had that's paid too many dollar runes. Yeah, interesting. Uh, or um, you just H- buy Game Pass for a dollar and then play it that way. Yeah, yeah. HR Geiger. He um, he was the mind behind the Xenomorph design. That's all to do with him, and a lot of his actual work features that same kind of like style that like elongated skulls and mm-hmm. is very reminiscent of his work uh i forget what he classifies his work as um da, 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 biomechanical oh mm-hmm. biomechanical yeah so I mean, a lot this, of this game is set up as like in the description on wikipedia it says it's like the first person biopunk survival horror yeah so like biomechanical is sort of is literally like the fusion of of robot and human so yeah. one of his famous works that i didn't realize was him is uh he has a sculpture called the birth machine 
which is essentially like uh, a a gun. It's like a cross section of a gun. Hang on, let me send a picture into the Discord. For oh you yeah, guys. it's called Birth Machine. Yeah, Birth Machine. Um, it's it's interesting that it's called Birth Machine because like there's so many themes in Scorn of like birth and rebirth. And well, so a lot like... of a lot of his work. Um, oh yeah, I see. A lot of his work actually has to do with themes oh gosh, this, of this screams scorn. <laughs> yeah, a lot of his work has to do with themes of uh, life and death and mm-hmm. uh, birth, pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He was a very. I mean, I'm saying this like I know, like I've been reading on Wikipedia after I finished scorn, but um, he yeah, was a very like troubled individual he had a lot of um vivid reoccurring nightmares that he would then turn into paintings and sculptures and stuff and a lot of it was based on uh his like struggles in life um he had a lot of like childhood trauma and things like that that influenced his style going forward Mm. um which again is very very prevalent in Scorn. Like it was surprising. Yeah. I mean, looking at looking at his works, it's it's crazy to see all of this. And the, you see Scorn, and you're like, oh yeah, this this makes sense now. It makes sense that this guy is the guy who created it because all of this is seen throughout the environment in in Scorn. Wow, I didn't know that. Anyone who listens to Corn, um, Jonathan Davis's microphone stand, which is like a really famous microphone stand that is a. Oh, did he make? Did he design it? Yeah. Oh, it's, that's um, cool. Like a silver woman, who's sort of like silver nude woman, and then it like comes up, and it, it's a Geiger original. He commissioned him to, to make it. Corn, mm-hmm. scorn. There's a connection here. There you I'm go. Surprised they didn't have like a corn soundtrack playing in the background. But we'll get exactly. into the, the marketing of this game. Um, um Beksinski is Beksinski is not Can a character I know a lot about. The first name is wild too. Um, a lot of Z's. Oh, okay, right. So he he is a um, painter, sculptor, and photographer who specializes in the field of dystopian surrealism. So this game is literally a birth child of the two of them. Oh my god! Literally, if you look at like uh, the first guy's works, you could definitely tell like Scorn. And then if you look I mean, at some of this guy's paintings, you're just like, yeah, this is you look this at is, like this is a Scorn. <laughs> there's there's a painting of two skeletons hugging yeah. one another. There's a painting of a. It looks like a four poster bed, but then when you look closer, yeah. it's actually like a hallway with like. And there's a there's a lot of this over. in like the the later in, uh, environment in in Scorn, where there's a lot of statues and representation of two individuals embracing. That looks just like this. Yeah, so there's a lot of um a lot of heavy influence of of these two artists what um was really interesting is the lead up to this game because i mean like probably all of us here we saw it in may during some event that was happening some reveal trailer that we got to see and we were like wow this game looks wild it looks like a weird gross fleshy doom you know a lot of the uh, advertising material was them like them having the guns and reloading the guns in that very distinct way that is is scorn um so i think a lot of our 
expectation and understanding of this game was it was going to be a first-person shooter, not too dissimilar to something like Scorn or Wolfenstein. Um, and this game is far from that. Yeah. <laughs> there is first-person shooting mechanics, and that does come into play in like the 10% of the game that is first-person shooting. But a lot of this game is puzzle solving. I would say the a whole game is a puzzle solving, really. Yeah. It's more of a um exploration horror with yeah. FPS mechanics rather than anything else. Yeah. Um it and... reminded me of um I can't remember if I said this to you guys on the pod, but there was a game that I reviewed back when I was doing a website called Agony. Mm. And you played as a character who woke up in the first ring of hell. No, the seventh ring of hell, sorry. And the idea was you had to descend through the rings of hell to get back to the surface. That's kind of cool. Um, and it, it, it was the same kind of principle as Scorn. It was very, like, over the top. There were, like, <clears throat> lust demons who were walking around with, like, big tits and corsets, but then they had, like, okay. demonic heads and... It, it it was an it was an interesting game, yeah. but it was very similar uh, to I, this. I, it was very puzzle focused and yeah. like. If if you're listening right now and you're you haven't played Scorn yet, I, I told Kyle that Kyle that this game reminded me of like a gross, gritty The Witness. If you've played The Witness, that's yeah. what this game reminded me of. <laughs> I don't know if that's a fair uh, comparison necessarily, but it's it's, it's accurate. It's. <laughs> It, it reminded really... me of the, the the witness like when you get you just get tossed into the world a, a lot of the puzzles don't give any explanation you're kind of trying to yeah, solve them gotta... from the environment and that's a lot of scorn scorn does mm-hmm. not tell you what the fuck is happening you get tossed in no. and like, figure it out there's no there's no narrative in this game it's just like you're here i mean i would argue experience... that there's like environmental narrative that's happening but well, there is know, like, you're right, there's like I mean. a story there's being no told. told narrative yeah. there's no dialogue there's no really yeah. Uh, explanation of what's going on it's just you're there and then things happen to you and you're like yeah. oh and i think i think together what's going on yeah and i think this is why we get so mixed reviews with this game was the expectation leading up to it oh uh, for sure because i was i was telling the gents beforehand that we see everything from uh GameSpot giving it a four out of ten to pc gamer giving it an 80 out of 100 like we're seeing and there's it's not just like those two spectrums we have metacritic that has it around the pc version around a 71 and the xbox version around a 62 we have game revolution giving it a 6 out of 10 we have uh the guardian giving it four out of five stars we have bgc 24 7 egm giving it four out of stars um we're seeing any everything from four, five, six, sevens, and eights with this game, which is something we don't see very often. Usually, when games come out, they're either going to be like good or bad, and then we'll very get some consistent. like yeah, we'll get some like middling mid, mid reviews. But this is like everyone felt something different about Scorn, which is so interesting. How much of yeah. that do you think is? Um, I know you're going to talk about it, but how much of that is do you think to do with the marketing of the game? I think uh, most of it has to do with the marketing. I think uh, even talking to some of our friends in the community, everyone's like, what? what is this game? This is not what I thought it was going to be. And yeah. the problem is you have that expectation. So you immediately boot up the game and your expectations are different than what you expected. So you're a little like, you're a little divisive on that. And then the game's fucking hard with its puzzles. So a lot of people just did, <laughs> all the achievements I got throughout the game were diving achievements because nobody finished this game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's strange because 
I came out the other end of Scorn thinking like, what the fuck did I just play? Because mm-hmm. previous to it, I had no no knowledge of. Uh, I mean, I still have no logic of, of this Beck Bexinki, but I had no yeah. knowledge of Geiger. And so when I looked up Geiger and I looked up the themes he covered, I started looking into um, like deep dives and breakdowns of some of the yeah, themes same. that the game covers. And I was like, oh, okay, right. This is... Well, and like we were saying, it's, it's also strange. just a... It's just, it's a hard... It has almost everything stacked against it. Now, Bro, if I didn't have, have hard... the walkthrough, would not finish the game. I actually didn't I used to, I I used to walk it. through towards the very end because I wanted to wrap up kind of quickly, but I, for the most part, I think we solved a lot of the we puzzles just, on our own. Yeah, time we just solved the, a lot of the puzzles. But I mean, they're I difficult. Think... But like I said, this is, it, I had like everything stacked against it with the marketing and now it's being difficult. And then um, exactly what you were saying, there's no like through line narrative that people can hold on to to drag them through this game either. Right. I mean, I think they like to start with the marketing and we can focus on that. This game was yeah. marketed as we said as a first person shooter as like a doom shooter. That's yeah. really Go back and watch like the, the the trailers for it. It's yeah, like if you watch the reveal trailer and the launch trailer, it's all shooting. It's all which the game is not. And honestly, the shooting mechanic is fucking terrible. Um, it's not a, it's not a good shooting mechanic. It's very inaccurate. It's almost impossible to hit It's anything. puzzle game first, shooter afterward and that felt very uh, in, in the gameplay yeah, yeah, yeah. that felt very real too. That being said, like from a marketing perspective, I get it, right? Like it's a lot harder to sell a art puzzle game than it is to sell a uh, you know, first person shooter yeah. doom uh gross horror game. Um and like you see this in all sorts of things. Like you see it in mobile games a lot too, where it's like the marketing yeah. is just completely fucking different from the game. Um but in this instance, like, I think what makes Scorn special and what makes it interesting is not, like, even if it was a shooter, that's not what it would have made it interesting. It's really easy. There's a million shooters out there. Like, that's Absolutely. not something special. It's the art and the environment design um, yeah. and the way that you interact with those things as, like, a character going through the world. And so, yeah. like, I know that someone at some point made a call to, like, try to obfuscate from the fact that that was the point of this game. And they were like, no, like, we have to sell this somehow. But... I think they really did make a mistake. Like, maybe I you agree. wouldn't have sold as much up front. Like, you wouldn't have had as many, like, initial purchases. But you also wouldn't have pissed off your potential player base by lying to them that this is something that it's not. And you yeah. may have engaged another player base that That's interesting, because there's, there's a niche for this, for sure. I mean, disclaimer, yeah, I came sure. out of Scorn liking the experience. I mean, some things I did, some things that I didn't. But, like, it's Scorn, and it's, like idea and the conception is like this is cool yeah. like, this is a cool and fascinating idea in the world that they've created it's almost like as close to a sculpture or a painting or something yeah. like that it's as art. a video yeah. it's, game it, can it, be as much as video games are art this game like screams art in all of its yeah, environment 100 in its narrative because it has that kind of like same impression that art does where there's a lot of inference and you're yeah. <laughs> meant to talk to people about like what you think the symbolism of it is mm-hmm. it's not a game that you're like playing for the plot and you're like oh man that was a really good story or oh that was some great gameplay like you're playing this to come out the other side 
with your own ideas of what the themes are and how they're represented and to have discourse about it like it, it's it's fucking art at the end of yeah. the day i mean and if I, I not that i'm not a fan of it but usually i like some concrete like concrete wrapping up of of a narrative and this game definitely ends in a very open-ended kind of way uh which sets up a, a very more interesting a conversation because now you can have conversations like this where we're going to be discussing it um but i totally just lost my train of thought cool <laughs> i don't know what i was talking about much like paintings where much you don't like have a art and story. oh that's what i was uh, gonna say like just like art like it it opens the conversation for the different perspectives and immediately after i finished scorn i went up sorry. and watched like uh explanation videos of the ending and people's thoughts and theories and everything and if a game yeah. can do that like that's always fascinating for me yeah and i mean some of the fucking some of the themes that i thought were in the game was crazy like for instance the ending you was talking about um the ending for me was about was obviously say obviously but to me it was obvious that oh, it obvious. was referencing uh miscarriage you was thinking about ascension oh interesting and i was thinking about you know the the light at the end of the portal being sort of like you know the the uh hmm, how can i say this uh the, the egg no i'm i'm talking like the birth process like oh. it, it, like it looked like you know <clears throat> as if as if a baby was coming into the world and i, I, I that's fascinating because i had a much more like in like lore universe kind of thought to this mm. almost like my thought of the ending was that of what just happened it's it's that there's like this race of creatures that are trying to have like eternal life and they do that by having a collective hive mind and connecting one another and like this this portal at the end is just like that it's that their access to eternal life or the forever and then our character essentially gets stopped right before that and it just being like now they're stuck in this almost this this purgatory now this this so forever that's interesting because i I took that as like a a symbolism of like the connecting of mother to child, like the umbilical cord. No, I, I get that too, and I think there's a lot of symbolism. I mean, we talked about their their works, their their professional aspect, and and rebirth and pregnancy is pertinent in their work and very heavily uh, themed in this game. The end of this game just <clears throat> takes place in what I can only describe as a fertility temple. Like, there's no other yeah. way that I could describe it. There are pictures of men with fucking inhumanly large slongs just decorating this temple and pregnant women. I mean, and It's wild. Wow. It's great. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make a dick joke when I decided against it. I skirted away from that real quick. Really the pulled statues. out of that one last yeah. second. Hey. hey. Uh, yeah. So to talk through the briefly about the process of this game as far as like your player experience it starts with yeah. a cutscene in which a human noid of some kind yeah. is stumbling around and then ends up falling through a, a crevice in the earth and down into this uh world and that the game takes place in which is uh, some it, sort of hallway uh yeah. 
very what Fleshy was the word palace. we used like bio um biomechanical biomechanical the, not only with the kind of like our character but the environment is so much of that a lot of flesh mm-hmm, yeah. a lot of metal um but that, that beginning powered kind of, by biology right powered by biology just like our, our guns and everything it seems like those 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 ammunitions almost alive and some kind of organism that we're, we're using but yeah that beginning cutscene is interesting because you're like crawling through the desert it's flashing from like the very brown and grays to the very mechanical like maybe a, a world that once was and it's flashing back and forth between those two mm, um yeah. something that i didn't realize and if if you're trying to avoid spoilers for scorn not that you're going to get a lot of the stuff unless you play the game and then afterward go analyze it anyways like we did so one thing i realized is there's actually two main characters that you're playing as in the game it's not one individual from i don't know if that was an obvious thing or not but even walking looking through the wikipedia and some breakdown videos is in act one you're playing as your character um mm-hmm. After all, you go through all of the things that he goes through, you get to a room that has this like flying drone and you're putting like these pods in like the flying, the, this is like the big cylinder thing and you're putting the pods yep. in there with the drone. Um, that explodes and knocks you back. You get covered in kind of this, this goo and ectoplasm kind of thing. And then you wake up kind of encrusted in this shell and then you pull this almost umbilical cord out of your stomach Apparently that's a different character because if when we wake up as that character, he doesn't have the arm thing anymore, right? Mm-hmm. We have to go put that on again. And so later on, we get attacked by the parasite. Apparently that parasite is our first character. When we, got, when we exploded that organism and the stuff hit us, that goo is what creates the parasite and turned our first character into that parasite, which then latches on to our second character, which I, was, I thought was very, fascinating because I didn't get that confusing. at all during the, no, <laughs> during the game. No, that was not at least immediately obvious to me. No, not at all. But it was extremely but fascinating. That's cool. Though. Yeah, that's a very interesting, uh, interesting part of this game. Yeah. I mean, I think this is one of those games that you could play multiple times and discover new yeah. things that you didn't necessarily... I will say, like, along the lines of the puzzles, the puzzles are hard, but they're not particularly interesting puzzles, yeah. and they don't necessarily always play well to the uh, very detailed environment in which the game takes place in. Like, I was saying this when we were playing the game, but the game is so beautiful and so interesting, and the puzzles are so pu- puzzles. Like, you can tell that they're puzzles. Like, it's, like, almost, like, yeah. walking around the world and then having to put a jigsaw puzzle to open a door. Like, it's, like... Mm. It's, like, oh. walking around this under Rubik's Cube on the floor and you're, like, oh, someone's yeah, was... cube to open the door. And you're, like, oh, okay, cool, for sure. Yeah, it was, like, I think I described it when we were talking about the game as, like, they hired, like, 40 environmental designers and one <laughs> game designer. And that one game yeah. designer just had to, like, keep fucking churning out ideas. He was, like, I, uh, or, uh, yeah, I guess... Yeah, the, the we'll environmental design team, like, thing fucking that you killed have to it. connect these fucking eggs together and they're just like yeah a lot of puzzles are strange um there's there's one puzzle where you are um you need to unlock a door but the door requires two people so you have to Mm. go and use this crane to like almost similar to like in the matrix how like the people are in the pods 
It's yeah. like crane comes up and you have to mm -hmm. maneuver the pod onto a conveyor belt and then you take it through this system. Mm -hmm. I didn't know there are two ways to solve this puzzle. You can either kill yeah. the creature or keep the creature alive. Yeah, I had before I played it, I had watched Oops. Nave play through this actually, and he did where he kept the creature alive and he named it his little creature, which is sad. Don't name it because it doesn't have a good outcome regardless of what your situation Bro, is. It's it's like uh, did you kill it? Accident like yep, we get the yeah, big we, ice cream scoop and we just it like, out. We scooped it right out of that egg. Oh, didn't mean to because I didn't know there were two options either. I just kind of went with one neither of them and I. then clicked on it and then neither did I. I just so happened mm -hmm. to take it down a route that I had explored prior and it happened to be the route that kept it alive. Yeah. Um how how did you guys feel about this first initial puzzle? Because I think this is the hurdle. I think a lot of people get stuck here and they dip off because it's too difficult. I mean, Kai, you were talking about like the environmental design. That you move around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that and then the bringing like the little baby cart, the, the little scoop machine. Well, so um, my they need to patch the game to make the two uh fucking things more obvious well that was a lot they of people's little dots on one them. of them this game's dark it's hard to see things in this game too like where things are and everything yeah yeah one of those lights is fake um and oh, one's like yes yeah one of the pods has a light on and it's a fake pod that breaks and then the second pod or the other pod i should say is the correct one that you need with the creature I was always um, under the assumption that you had to break the first one in order to create a path for the second one to go through. Well, so that's once I realized that I had to break some pods in order to create room to move them. It, it's similar to uh, if anyone's seen those puzzles where you have like uh, bits of wood and you're supposed to slide the bits of wood around one by one to like get sank to the end. It's essentially yeah. that with like these pods. Yeah. But the difference is you can break the pods. So if a pod is in the way, you can put it into the conveyor belt. It gets crushed, and then that frees up a space. Once I realized I think, well, that, I was okay. Yeah. The The problem we struggled with was less like the maneuvering of the pod to the end and eventually getting it out. It was more just what to do in the first place. Like Once we had yeah. figured out or rather looked up that like the, the pods that were the correct one were the ones with the lights on them, then it was like, okay, cool. Then I figured out how to move everything around and eventually yeah. get it out. But it was like we didn't up even, to that. Yeah, when we were playing through it, we didn't even realize they those were different. We just yeah. thought that was like a lighting effect of where they happened to be placed. Yeah. And so we were like, we tried to move all of them to one side. Yeah, we thought we like, oh, to move, move all of them to, to the side. other side. We tried to create a line of all of them from one side <laughs> to the other. We're like, what the fuck are we supposed to do? Well, so yeah. eventually, we that was like one of the ones we looked up. And we're like, oh. Yeah. My problem was um, afterwards, once a creature had survived, mm. it follows you about. And I was like, this bro is just following me. So I took him to the console and I was like, he's not doing anything. So I had to look it up. You have to, basically there's two tunnels from where he survives and I took mm. the other tunnel. You're supposed to walk him through one of these tunnels and there's one of those machines that puts the key fin on yeah, his hand the wrist yeah and he literally falls over and you walk up to this creature and you interact with it and your character literally drags his arm and stuffs it into this machine and the creature's mm -hmm. like screaming and then when you solve the puzzle a similar thing happens you pick the creature up put his hand in the machine and afterwards you're done with him you're just like all right, cool. You see you later. Them. You just yep. leave him trapped in this machine, and you just walk off. 
I, so I guess I guess getting he ice cream scoop. humane thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. We took him out of his misery, and then the in that instance, you just grab his severed hand and then use that to do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, in in a weird way, that is the more humane thing. Yeah. I can't. I mean, if you don't play this game, you won't know this, but it, it is indescribable how gross these things are. They're fucking. Yeah, so they they did a fantastic job like on the, yeah. the character I wanna, design and the environment. Yeah, I want to skip ahead a little bit and talk about the one and only really boss battle that wow. is in this game My that is clearly set game. up as yeah. Like like they told the game designer, you get one, <laughs> you get one <laughs> boss. <laughs> Figure it, it out. It gave me big uh, Bioshock vibes for sure. Like the boss of well, this okay. gave me big kind of well, so uh, we, Bioshock boss vibes. So context at this point of the game we are now in the fertility temple yeah we have a couple guns at this point and yeah we've got shotgun we got pistol well hold on okay well right before this as you're going to this side of the world you only get this there's only two cutscenes in the game i'm I'm pretty sure like real cutscenes, other Mm -hmm. than the ones where you're like freaking out that the thing is yeah not not in engine ones yeah yeah Yeah, is the beginning of the game and then there is a cart thing Mm-hmm. tram whatever i don't know what the fuck it is that you ride across this this, so cool. this giant this is one of my favorite gap into this massive castle very different looking environment uh than the previous one it's a little less fleshy a little more uh kind well, of this, like regal. at this point too it, i started like was under the assumption that like there is this parasite that has attached itself onto this because like i said the environment that we were it was very fleshy and as you're starting to go away yeah. from that you're noticing there's less and less of that and more and more of the kind of tech kind of metallic side of yeah. the environment too for sure almost okay. as if it's medical <laughs> ben's really ben's really pushing his his concepts <laughs> uh the boss fight uh <clears throat> is the setup is is there you walk into this giant room with cages and yeah. there's limbs and flesh all in the cages of course uh, and you have to carry these little, little what is essentially, uh, you know, what is that fucking game uh, with the babies in the in the pods? Oh, Death Stranding. The Death babies. Stranding. Yeah. You didn't mean that, oh, like, Don't listen yeah, to he him. Has, he has his baby <laughs> right there. Don't listen to him. Uh, but yes, you have to take these gross little pod babies and put them into a mech suit. Uh, and you fight a first one, which is quite easy. It's yeah. pretty simple. Uh, and then you put it into what is essentially a juicer, uh, so and it fills it was a vial. Awful the first time seeing this, I got used to it, which <laughs> yeah. is even worse. But the first time, I'm like, they're not going to show it being crushed, and it's like, oh, oh yeah, they're showing the whole thing being crushed. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then it just goes into a vial, and that's some sort of you know potion and or battery that you use. But the second time you go to do this, you activate what is essentially a boss fight yes. for the game. Yeah. Uh, and the mech comes to life and slams us into the ground, and then you go through several phases. Yeah, I think you find this thing this... like three times, three times, three, yeah, yeah, three, two, three or four two times. separate boss battles. I think the first one has two phases, and then the second yeah. one yeah. is piss easy. Yeah, the second one's once once you figure out the the gimmick for the last one, it's a piece of cake. Yeah. So how did you guys? How did you? How did you find this? Yeah, I mean, I was this enjoyable. <laughs> I really liked it. It, it. it was borderline liked it and frustrated because the second phase I kept dying a lot to it because mm. I couldn't figure out what to do. And then the walkthrough was saying because the first time we're fighting it, he has this latch where the little baby is is open up, and essentially you're hitting that and damaging it. But now that has been closed, 
it's it's essentially its weak spot is now not exposed anymore and you have to figure out how to expose that shot it a thousand times with weapons um as you pass the second phase you pull off his like rocket launcher gun you get like the grenade launcher which is a really useful weapon um, it's now permanently attached to you you cannot right weapon yeah because we you got attacked by this parasite which is slowly taking over your body and now it's kind of fused your arm to one of these these weapons too um but in this instance you have to wait until he'll like charge up like a big right swing at you and when he does that latch will open temporarily for a sec and then you could shoot him in that moment and that's how you defeat him you almost have to like make yourself vulnerable and, and put yourself into a situation where you're going to get hit by this attack or kind of prompt the boss to do this hook at you um which usually happens after he runs out of ammo he'll like kind of stop and take a need to reload and then if you're close enough to him when he stands up he'll come and like come and hit you but um that was part was the only one that i really struggled with the uh last time you fight him uh the gimmick is really it's it's interesting and fun because now you can't like switch weapons or anything you at that point you now have the gun fused to your arm um and just by happenstance he like goes down to reload and his little back opens up and that's where his ammo is to reload his gun i was like wouldn't it be funny if i just like shot a grenade back there and that's how you (laughs) killed him and that's legit (laughs) how he died you shoot your grenade into his back and he explodes it's always it's always a good feeling when you're playing a game and your silly little like Oh, yeah. that would be cool if that happens. And that's the thing. And that's, that's the thing. And you're like, oh, that worked perfectly. Good job, game designers. Exactly. That's what I thought would happen if I shot the grenade in his back. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but I enjoyed it. I think it was really cool. I still was under the assumption of like, we have these baby things and maybe they need to be a part of the machine to like become the way we need it to. So I was like, why don't we just break the fucking glass, take the baby out and go juice it? Why does we have to put it in the little machine? Why do we have to fight the boss? Yeah, that is... That is the problem because the first one I think you do just break out of the little yeah. thing that you put it in. The, the first one you put into a husk, and the husk oh, that's doesn't right. activate; it falls off dead, and then you can take the baby and do the it. The second time around, we go through and it activates the mech thing. And the yeah. first one it doesn't activate, yeah. it, but the, the second Once time again, I feel I like, like you just, just like smash it with the shoot little... the fucking glass, take yeah. the gross little baby out, throw that bitch in a blender. Exactly. Interesting. Uh, but I liked it. I think it was really cool and really. I mean, we talked about it in the beginning a little bit. This is not a first-person shooter, first, and that is no. heavily seen in the shooting gameplay, uh, at least on console. Maybe PCs feels more intuitive. Well, but Ben, it did not what did feel you intuitive. what did you end up playing this on? Uh, I played on. I actually played this on mobile. Believe it or not, I oh, streamed this on, on Game Pass. Well, so I shoot with, oh, you were using you have the fucking controller thingy. Yeah, yeah I have yeah, a Razer. Yeah. I was like, was like touch controls. I was like, you're a fucking monster. No, no, no. <laughs> so I, I was essentially playing on Xbox. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, okay. Well, I was wondering if any of us didn't play on streaming because well, I wanted to, I wanted to know if the shooting was any better not yeah. on streaming. That's but. the thing too is this is a Series X and S exclusive. So if you don't have either of those, you, sh- you have to stream it. That's what we did. We streamed because I have an Xbox One X, but this is technically a next gen game. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's it it definitely suffers from not having solid first person shooter mechanics built into it yeah mm-hmm. um but this was my favorite section of the game 100 oh, yeah I, I i think i agree and what's interesting is that i was playing this and i was like oh to me this is very clearly symbolism of stem cells 
I don't know why I thought stem cells, but I thought, mm-hmm. you know, you're taking this fetus, you're putting it into a husk, mm-hmm. and then the husk makes it useful. And then you're, 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 you're injecting it into the mother. Yes, that's exactly mm-hmm. the process that I sort of, because we're in this massive fertility temple, and so it's mm-hmm. the whole, like, you know, we're talking about, like, birth and rebirth and all of this sort of stuff. And so I was like, oh, okay, this is, like, uh, a message about, you know, the, I guess, the reality of stem cell research to a certain extent. Um, so I was sort of playing a section and I was like, oh, I really like the symbolism behind it. The, the actual boss fight mechanic was fucking difficult. and i did struggle um but it was the first time in the game where i was like i like this uh i like this symbology It's very obvious to me what this symbology is and so yeah i was like okay yeah i think for me it's the environment change was the biggest kind of uh i mean all of the the themes and underlying themes are great too but just changing the environment because right before this, we have to take an elevator up to this train thing. And the elevator has been consumed by, I, and I don't even know how to describe this, this big <laughs> entity that has a very long neck and a big skull at the end of it. And it has a mouth. And, and I would say its mouth face. is like a, yeah, it's like a big foreskin or like a big floppy blanket. But imagine a blanket made out of flesh and it just like moves around as it breathes. It's really gross. But essentially what you're doing is you're opening up different panels that are inside of this thing because he's like i said he's he's gone over this elevator and they like, like open up through its flesh creature. yeah exactly um but going from that and then going into this temple that feels very it's still very weird in its design but feels very like pristine and almost like a holy place is a really interesting like you know dichotomy between so, the two environments i wasn't trying to push it too much but i genuinely I was genuinely like, oh, okay, this is a medical setting. We're in a mm-hmm. clean environment with lots of metal surfaces. There's lots of surgery equipment and machines and stuff. And so I was like, oh, okay, this is like, we're in a hospital now. This yeah. is like well, not a only like if, if you can if you lean on that, and as you first get into this area, there's a lot of individuals that are connected by tendrils to this kind of big heaping. Uh, mass that's in the ceiling um they all have like these multiple arms and on at at the ends of them are like knives and saws and scissors like they're like very medical surgical equipment yeah yeah very crude versions of like surgical equipment yeah and i kind of oh god kai kai looks like he has a fool yeah i think this is an interesting part of i don't engage with horror very frequently uh, and content like this, a because I'm a bitch and spooky things scare me. B, I just I just don't. It's not my the normal thing that I tend to enjoy. Uh, and so I think in the instances of this game, the setting for me like uh, obfuscated any understanding of what was going on. It's like when you look at a new style of illustration or a new style of work, and you're like so caught up in the fact that it is different mm. that you don't look at the context and the subject because you're just like whoa like that's not something i've seen before this is so like and that was my experience of this game yeah. it was like this is gross and that's 
interesting. very surface level, but it's all I could really take in at first playthrough just because it's like, yeah, I, oh, I everything is disgusting. I'm sticking my yeah. fingers in these vaginal like fucking although constantly you're like i would definitely stick my fingers in that and i'm like no why would you do that no i said i would definitely stick my dick in that i would stand by that if i was there woman is squishy and it's a hole Uh, i I will preface that a a lot of these thoughts that i'm having and the kind of my thoughts on the game and its environment that i'm disclosing now is stuff that i was contextualizing after i finished the game Kind mm, same way. Yeah. I'm not thinking about any of the stuff while I'm playing. The environmental <laughs> design is so detailed and so interesting that none of that ran through my head. I mean, like I said, I my idea of the ending and all of that was was much more in lore. Like I was thinking about the world that the game mm. takes place in and what that means, like mm. the story in the game. I wasn't really thinking about it in a symbolic way until obviously our discussion now and afterward doing research on the game and looking up. Ex- explanations and deep dives and breakdowns yeah. into it but i no, mean i was this, the same way yeah this last section where we're in this temple that was the only time that it was i was processing my understanding of the symbology as i was playing everything else like prior to uh in like the squishy zone i <laughs> I had to process post game because at the time I was just like, this is this is, like you were saying, I'm looking at it. I'm like, this is so vulgar, but I cannot stop looking at it because it's so intricate and detailed. So it's like, it's like just, a car crash, you know, you're driving past, and you know, you shouldn't look at it, but you're like, man, that's an interesting car crash. That's <laughs> strange. Man, <yes>. that's, <laughs> man, that's an interesting car crash. It's not the thought I'm having, but I'm not like, Ooh, a Nissan Sentra, that's interesting. That's an interesting I'm like, contract. ooh, did someone die? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I want to go back into the, the shooting a little bit because we talked about it in the context of the one boss fight, which is a very kind of enclosed yeah. environment that you do very... Yeah. Uh, fucking chickens. Oh, the little oh, fucking chickens. But there's lots of instances where you have to shoot. You get multiple guns. You get... Uh, the first gun you get is like... Uh, is it like the, the pistol? They call it a bolt-action rifle um yeah i wouldn't call it a bolt action rifle okay it's a six it's a six shot single non-automatic well the the first thing you get is actually like a has a little like pump at the end and it like like jabs forward oh yeah yeah and yeah that's what they they call the bolt action rifle oh okay oh okay oh that's the bolt okay yeah and then that uh, doesn't necessarily have bullets necessarily because you'll get guns that do have ammunition that does not have ammunition no it literally just has like like a pump that shoots forward yeah it's it's more like a pneumatic process like yeah yeah, it's like a it's like a it's like a jackhammer like Mm -hmm. yeah a very very slow single shot jackhammer uh, yeah. But you'll eventually get like a pistol, and you have like a shotgun, and then you get, I guess, like the the, the I, triangle one is like the shotgun that has like the triangle. Yeah, that's the shotgun. That's the one yeah. I, was thinking. Yeah, I think the only enemy that you actually need to get well, ammo is far and few between in this game. Uh, yes. so a- ammo as, conservation as health. and health conservation is the name of the game. But outside of that, if you're smarter than us and you conserve ammo. The only enemy you really need to kill with like the bolt action, like little launcher fist thing, are these like floating. Mm-hmm. They don't even really do damage to you. They're like these balloon light creatures yeah. at the very beginning. Oh, you, yeah. like, just you actually you run into shoot them, them out of the air. Yeah, you run into them when and you then, get this, this which is weapon. very satisfying. It's like one of the first enemies in the game that you come across, and yeah. it's not even really an enemy. It's more just like a part of the environment that you just get to shoot down. Right. 
But um, I think when you get close to them, they like emit like this gas that can do damage to you. Mm. And it's just showing you that like, okay, there's going to be things that can hurt you now. Because up to this point, we've been just doing puzzles and we haven't been yeah. it, really coming into contact with anything that could hurt us per se. Uh, mm. But there's lots of things. There's these little Bro, tiny ones, which... Vagina-faced chicken creatures. <sighs> they suck, man. The, the problem with these yeah. ones... They have is, better aim than we do, and that's the frustrating. Yes. <laughs> the problem with these is that they're not anything to write home about. You can kill them in one shot, two shots most of the time, but they have range. They can shoot little acid balls at you. And, again, the mechanics of the aiming and the shooting never really feel intuitive. So I feel like I was constantly, like, I, I feel like in my brain I have, like, a very, like, like twitch reaction like if i was playing something like call of duty like having to have that quick time twitch reaction in this i feel like i did that but the game wasn't like programmed for that to be a thing so i shot like in a random direction i'm like that's not where i meant to shoot at all it took me a long time to realize that the pistol if you hold down the aim button the spread closes down yes and you have range at that point yeah that the the larger the spread Far longer the, than I can. The closer about. the damage is, and it gets smaller, the further away you can shoot. We also realize it's, that. I mean, it's, I mean, yes, that is helpful to realize, and I think it took us a while to realize that as well. Yeah, like a couple as we got the pistol, we were like, oh, if you just stay still, because you can't move. You can't move with it. Because even thing. if you're aiming down and you move, it still opens up. Right. Mm. But it's just the like the speed in which you can adjust your axis when you're zoomed in is so incredibly fucking slow that it's just like the enemies is gone Mm. and you're just like the the problem is like there there was like the doom comparison and doom is so fast and it's so quick like the shooting is very it's almost like like you're playing a game of chess it's very slow and methodical you have to stop you have to aim and you have to pick your shots very carefully if you've played any resident evil then you'll be used to this but again ammunition I mean, and health are very far and few between so you have to make sure that you conserve them as much as you can yeah it's probably realistic like i mean yeah if i was in that situation i probably would be shooting i also exactly would like be this. ass yeah yeah but it's it's just frustrating because no other game <laughs> is really like this yeah. do you guys have any kind of favorite enemies out of like the, the other than the boss the four or so that we run into um Cause there's there's the little balls. I like, I like the big motherfuckers. The big yeah. charger creature. He's yeah. cool. Um, mainly yeah. because as well, you can also like outsmart him rather than yeah. taking him on. You can have them charge at you, and there's a section where you have them charge at you, and then you put them in an area and you move away and you gate the area off. Yeah. So rather well, it was than interesting taking like four shots to kill him, you're like, hey, yeah, fuck you. When those are first introduced, you try to shoot them and you get wrecked and you're like okay and you realize that there's these situations where you can lure lure them into other places and then kind of you know flink them do a little juke juke or trap them behind walls um so then when you get the introduction of the shotgun you two shot these things and they're down so it makes you feel the power dynamic scaling feels very nice once you Mm. get that shotgun but i also also like those enemies too i think we can all agree though that the stupid floppy seal creatures (laughs) fucking suck oh the weird like way too long to kill creatures like yeah yeah the ones that just like flop around at you it's awful yeah they don't like them because also there's a lot of like risk reward moments in the game as well i don't know if you Mm -hmm. guys came across this there's a lot of moments where especially because i was reading a walkthrough and the walkthrough's like okay you've got two choices you can either turn left and go and get health and ammo 
but there's a shit ton of enemies, so you need to make your way through and try not to use ammo, or you can just not do that and progress the story. One uh, instance that I got stuck on a lot was there is a situation that you're like moving, you're having to move a ball throughout the environment and eventually grab it with a crane so you can move it onto another section. I think this is kind of right before you get to this section. Yeah, you get to the big uh, elevator that takes you up out of this place. You're taking these small little balls throughout this environment to go through there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Which involves you getting this um, weapon that essentially, well, you get the one that can open doors. So it's like a little handle thing, and there'll be a series of six dots or so. And every time you get one, that corresponds with a certain door. Yeah. it looks like an RC car remote. Yeah, it does it look does. like an RC car remote. Um, but like I got into lots of clearance almost. Yeah, I got into lots of situations where I had like a very small minuscule of health, and I would die and then spawn with that amount of health and kind of be stuck in that loop. <laughs> There's a puzzle that you have to solve that is the series of I think it's like five or six dots, but they also have kind of these arms attached to them. When you click on them, oh, they rotate, and then when they rotate no. and they when they connect to the power source, they light up. So essentially, you have to rotate them all and then have the power source light all of the lights up. First of all, we still don't know how to actually solve this. No, puzzle. I did it by accident. I just did it. And I was like, we, cool. we did both of them by accident. We just rotated until it worked. Yep. Basically. But also, they put like six enemies in that section. And it's the little yeah. goddamn chickens. <laughs> yeah. It's the the little chickens are the worst. They're probably, I, eventually, I got to the point where I was like, fuck it, I'm not going to fight them. I'm just going to run past them, mm-hmm. try to get to this thing as soon as possible so I can create some kind of like safe state or like autosave yeah. situation. That, um, that puzzle's strange because basically the nodes, you, there's like these arms that spin around. So if you attach two nodes, if the arm is attached, the nodes won't move so you can like spin them a certain way and bro i had to use a walkthrough i'm like you guys i was doing it the first one i did by mistake and then the second one they started adding diagonals and like five nodes and i was like yeah no fuck i can't do this the the interesting part of this was by the time i now have ran past the enemies and got to there and solved the puzzle now i that had saved but immediately Mm -hmm. when i finished the puzzle i went to move and got shot by a chicken and died so I was stuck in a loop of doing this. I did this, I don't know, maybe like seven, eight times probably. And eventually, I think just by accident, I kind of just like stopped. Oh, he's not even here. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just by accident, I kind of just like stopped and didn't move. I like stared at the chickens and they just left. They just didn't shoot me. They just walked away. And I was like, how? how did-? And I just ran. Movement. That's what I thought. I was like, because <laughs> every time I would move... They would shoot me and I would die and I would respawn with the same amount of health and I would be stuck in that loop. So oh. one time I just didn't move and then Hello. they ran away. Uh, yeah, so there was, there was that instance of where uh, I just stopped moving after being stuck in that loop and the little chickens just ran away. And oh I was yeah, like, that oh, was sweet. wild. Sorry, I obviously yeah. missed this. But... <laughs> you didn't get any of that. <laughs> um, yeah, like after doing it six times, like almost the game like has a mechanic where if you keep, if you get trapped in a loop, like, the enemies just deactivate. But they just ran away. Like, it made no sense. Yeah. I, I, it was strange. I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. It was, it was so weird. Um, 
I mean, yeah. Do you guys have anything else about scoring that we wanted to talk to? We can get to our final points. Yeah. Oh, do we want to discuss like in a little more depth our thoughts on the ending? Or uh, I mean, I can because I got my thoughts all over the place. Yeah, but... you you go for it, okay. Ben. Yeah, you go right, first. So... I want to hear your thoughts on the kind of, kind of my... the story that's happening here in the ending. The story, as far as I'm concerned, essentially revolves around this world that is powered by the biology of its residents and so you know like it uses like i don't know like a life force or blood or something you know like these creatures play a role in the world itself i don't know my thoughts are all about the symbology of the game yeah. as opposed to the actual law because the actual law of scorn i could not fucking tell you whatsoever what is happening yeah. in that game the ending of the game you're like you're out of your body and you're now controlling these two creatures because you're a part of the hive mind mm -hmm. um i don't know i feel like a lot of the game has to do with like birth miscarriage Absolutely. Uh, like I said about like the stem cells in the fin, like I think the parasite is supposed to be symbolic of like sperm or something. Like it's like infiltrated the body and is literally like completely changing the lower abdomen of this humanoid. Would that would that make us the egg? I guess so. I guess so. I. It's one of those ones where I don't know if I don't know if there's necessarily a cohesive uh narrative oh, no, I, don't, per I, I don't think so there's a cohesive narrative or a cohesive like ending either uh, yeah like, i don't i i think it's more almost like i i, I think the reason they call them acts because it's like act one to five mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i think that's so that you can kind of split it up and be like right act one is about like insemination act five is about miscarriage or like you know and sort of talk about it that way i don't know i i, I no clue whatsoever what the lore of the game could possibly be um <clears throat> i think that the game just to kind of go into my last thoughts as well yeah no, i think that, that yeah, the game um essentially just exists as a way to create discourse about yeah. a lot of issues that probably aren't as prevalent in our society as they should be um you know especially in the terms of like miscarriage and i mean it says here on the wikipedia it's talking about conjoined twins i didn't even think about conjoined twins or, oh. or anything like that um and so i know i talk about video games being art but i always mean that in terms of like a comparison to movies and uh, <clears throat> this podcast is the first thing I've spoken today. I apologize. Um, <laughs> is it like nighttime or time? <laughs> Bro, we had people over till 5 a.m. and I woke up at like half one. Oh, okay. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> um, I, I think that this is a different type of art in terms of like an art installation or a painting or a sculpture or something that exists purely to create discourse. Like the... Mm -hmm the gameplay and the lore of the world are purely a means in which to get across that message and to create that conversation. Uh, I enjoyed my time with Scorn. 
Yeah. I wholeheartedly think that you should play it. Do you or... think it's worth the forty dollars? Oh no. I I don't I don't. I'm sorry. I I know this conversation is so weird. We just had it on our last uh, episode, our interstitial episode. Forty dollars we'll tomorrow, actually. I I don't know why, but forty dollars feels too much. Do you would know what 30, I mean? Would thirty be too much? Like twenty nine ninety nine. I think twenty to twenty five is the sweet spot. Yeah, I, I feel like if somebody was like, "Oh, this game is," you know, "is crazy and it's gonna get you thinking about stuff," and it's five, four to five hours long, and it's like twenty bucks, I'd be like, "Okay, all right, fine, I can check that out for twenty bucks." So, is, uh, is the reasoning behind the price the connected to the length of the game and the the quantity of the game is that i don't think it's necessarily connected to the quantity or the length of the game i think for me it's the fact that i don't classify this as a game Mm -hmm. it's more of an experience rather yeah I, i classify this almost as like an art exhibit portrayed in a video game yeah and so I kind of equate it to the other way of like, would I pay forty pound to go to an art exhibition mm. in a museum? And no, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. would I pay and twenty this is, bucks? This is all, Maybe. Yeah. Again, we talked about subjectivity. There's no wrong answers to that question yeah. either for anybody I listening mean, and for the two of you. It all comes to random. what you think is worth it. I can't remember what the name of the guy is. I think it's called Human World. What do we usually pay pay for museum tickets, Kai? Like, depending on the museum, nothing. I guess like that's, the Getty, oh, that's the true. Getty's free. Oh, free. Or, yeah. um, that was it. Body Worlds. Body Worlds, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Body yeah, cool. I went. Yeah. I took my mum to the Body Worlds exhibition in London, and mm. I think I paid like 17 or 18 quid to get into that. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, but absolutely amazing art exhibition. Like, fucking yeah. great to look at. Um, well, not great to look at necessarily. Interesting. Look at all to look these at, I bodies. Should say. <laughs> I should say interesting. It's, 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 interesting. Yeah. it's interesting. Apparently, and that it, it shows some questionable practices to get all those bodies, but that yeah. would not surprise it me. It is very. It's an incredibly interesting exhibit. I mean, yeah, and as, as somebody who has an interest in like science and biology and like you know, sort of yeah. the fact that humans shouldn't scientifically exist, we don't make any sense. Mm-hmm. To we see really something Our like consciousness that doesn't make sense. No, to see something like that was amazing. So that's kind of what I equate Scorn to. Would I pay yeah. twenty pounds for Scorn? Yeah. Would I pay forty pounds to go to Body Worlds? No, I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, just a quick side before either you or Kai, Kai and I do our thoughts. Uh, Scorn has a two and a half stars in the Xbox Store with almost four thousand reviews. That doesn't surprise me. And yeah, I think a great deal of that is down to the fact that it was marketed as an FPS game rather than yeah. an artistic experience. Yeah. Okay, Kai, we want to kind of wrap up your thoughts here and maybe your semblance of an idea of what's going on. Sure. If anything. Uh, once again, like I don't engage in this kind of content very frequently, if at all, and so it's very hard for me to contextualize my experience. And I did not do. Uh, the research to listen to what other people thought about it so it's purely my own um you know interpretation of what's going on in this game but um 
which is why I don't have anything really like deep to take away from it. I think it's a beautiful piece of art. I think that's what it was meant to be at the end of the day. I feel bad that the reality is is that I think given this doing this again, like this game releasing again, I think they do the same thing that they did. Because, like, unfortunately, everything is commoditized, art is commoditized, and you have to be able to make money off of it. And I don't really know if there's an audience big enough to support something like this that isn't, yeah. uh, you know, the McDonald's uh, effect of video games, right? Of having, like, oh, it's a first-person shooter, it's a Doom, it's something that's going to keep your attention, it's quick, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's something that's very accessible to people, Uh the gross and grotesque setting is interesting to people they want to be in it but they don't necessarily really want to explore it and want to look at it as a piece of art they just want to shoot stuff and blow stuff up in hell because that's fun and i get that and i get why they marketed the game that way because like they were trying to sell copies and clearly after two kickstarter campaigns like money and trying to sell this thing was a real real aspect and yeah. you know good on whoever got it to go to game pass immediately i'm sure they got a bag from doing that anyway that was that was genius to get, get it to a lot yeah, of eyes but as far as the reviews go like it, it on one hand shows the power of marketing on the other hand shows the closed-mindedness of individuals like sure yeah they marketed the game a specific way but i guarantee you that the four thousand people or whatever, it, it maybe more. I mean, those are just people who reviewed it, who played That's this game. That's just Xbox. Yeah, uh, exactly. Did not all experience the marketing, as much as we'd like to believe that everyone in our space watches the same, uh, you know, <laughs> teaser trailers and well, uh, yeah. broadcasts as we do. We are probably in the broad minority of people who pay attention to yeah. as much stuff as possible. Um, and the reality is, is that like I just don't think this is a game that would resonate with a lot of avid to you know beginner gamers like people want a very specific thing they want a happy meal and this is definitely not that and it was even challenging for us people who have played a wide spectrum of different types of games and like the witness is a perfect comparison the witness is a highly you know talked about game it's it has awards and shit i didn't really like the witness it didn't make much sense to me the puzzles are fucking yeah, hard. I struggle with the witness. Uh, and it's just, this game is very similar to The Witness in that it doesn't explain a lot. The puzzles are hard. And the thing that kept me in it compared to The Witness, though, was the environment, was the art, mm. yeah. was Absolutely. living in that world and being in that world. And do I think this is a perfect game? No. Do I think this game deserves a 10 out of 10? No. I think this game is a strong 7. It's like, it's like wow, this is something. It's trying something new. It did something different. It is beautiful. I think if the people out there who know and have experienced the art this game was based on, they should absolutely play this game. Like, if you know Geiger, yeah. if you know the person whose name is literally unpronounceable because of a ridiculous <laughs> amount of consonants in it, uh, like, yeah, go play this game. I think you're going to probably have a good experience. As yeah. someone who likes to experience different things and likes to experience different art styles, I found it incredibly interesting. And I, you know, yeah. I hope that that team who developed it or at least the environmental designers who made this continue on and do great things because it much Absolutely. much like stray the environmental mm -hmm. design in video games really builds the experience 
of, of the game and can do a lot of carrying when the mechanics of the game are not great. And that's the exact same thing that happened here, right? And so, yeah. like, it's a good first step. It's a good indie project. Um, I, I just think they got fucked by marketing and fucked by public expectation and the fact that people don't really want what they made which isn't any fault of their own. It's just that you have to be able to make money and profit in the the world that we live in. And um, it's the exact opposite of the art gallery, you know, where the art gallery is a, a public good for the most part. I mean, we pay for it to subsidize it in a sense, but like, you know, art is art. It's created, it's not created yeah. to make profit. It's created to be inspiring and to have a right. tax shelter for I mean, very rich people. Uh, but but uh, that, that as well that that hasn't at least fully translated to our realm of video games yet and i hope one day it does. also yeah also with this and then i'll go into my my thoughts here in a second with art most of the time the art is for the individual creating the art they're trying to say something they're trying to talk about something they're trying to share their experiences they're not necessarily going to be like I'm going to create this because I want the, the, the audience to view it a certain way. They're like, I'm creating this for myself. And then mm. the audience can view it and take it however they want. I think Scorn it, it is one of those things as well. You know, they, unfortunately, like you said, in a, a realm of video games, getting something out of it and having something to enjoy is kind of part of the, the processes. So having a game that's, just art and something to experience and again again, i think the marketing uh, it kind of screwed them i mean it in some instances you can get away with just like showing walking in certain scenes like i i think back to like the trailer of what remains of edith finch but that has a story that has a narrator talking over Mm -hmm. it a lot of it is just walking that's just what the game is you have an expectation of kind of what that is there isn't that narration or that story the storytelling isn't at least as advert it's not on the forefront of the game it's very subtle it's very it's very connected with the environment and the actions you're doing so if they were just showing like you walking back and forth like you said maybe they wouldn't have had as many people as interested but they wouldn't have had as many people disappointed and dip out because they were expecting a a doom scary shooter and they they didn't get that mm-hmm. um but i i really enjoyed my time with scorn like I said, I think for the three of us, we are kind of in, in the minority in which we can look at this and be like, yeah, gameplay-wise, it didn't do anything crazy, and it wasn't the best at what it did necessarily, but in its themes that it decided to tackle and how it tackled it and its environmental design and environmental storytelling is a really interesting way to go about that and something that we don't see in a lot of other games. We see games like The Witness, we've talked about lots of times and compared it to do that, and having not very direct storytelling, but we don't get that a lot in a lot of video games. We need stuff to hold our attention and we don't want to think very much, which <laughs> having hard puzzles and having no storyline, I can see where a lot of people like, I, I, I swear every achievement I got was diamond achievement in this game, which just means that no yeah, one I mean, decided to the only way The only way this game was going to carry anyone is if in the first 10 minutes you got a gun and you started fucking blasting motherfuckers. Like that was... Yeah. That was the only hope, and that shit definitely didn't happen. Instead of the first 10 minutes, you got a fucking impossible puzzle that you need to look at a walkthrough <laughs> yeah, exactly. for. Like... Uh, well, the story, and again, the, the narrative is probably extremely open to interpretation, and maybe even the individuals oh. who created it didn't have a necessarily idea of a through line for the narrative, yeah. more just like themes of birth and pregnancy. But my idea was there, again, I talked about it a little bit in the beginning, but there is these race of uh, creatures and individuals that are trying to 
uh, are trying to okay, sorry, uh, get eternal life and kind of move on to this, you know, holy afterlife or something. That's what I, that's what I imagine this portal to be is kind of this like afterlife. And they're almost kind of stuck in this purgatory of repeating this, this flow over and over again. I, I was under the understanding that at the end, when we get attacked by our parasite again, that is not the first time that has happened. If you look at the statues and if you look at some of like the statues of things around, they look like creatures like us that are infused with these parasite tendrils just the same way. So I was almost mm-hmm. under the assumption that like they've tried to do this multiple times and it has failed every single time. They, they have this eternal life and they've almost mastered reincarnation but they're trying to get to this like holy afterlife or something like that, which is past this portal. And they can't, they're stuck in this loop of going through, getting attacked by a parasite, turning into these word statues and then rinse and repeat and doing that over and over and over again. Um, That's what I got from it, which is really interesting. Again, it has a very open-ended ending and it's not a very satisfying one necessarily, depending on what you're looking for. Um, But I enjoyed Scorn. I think the, environmental design the sound design the sound effects like loading the gun and like the sounds of you putting the bullets into the back of that gun oh it is spine tingling but i think it's good and if you're interested in art and experiencing art i would definitely say try give it give it a chance it's going to be hard and i would say that the first hurdle is that first puzzle the first environment if you can get past that you can get past any of the puzzles the the shooting in the boss does get a little difficult but if you can hang in there i think it's worth the experience um I pulled up Metacritic because I wanted to see people's thoughts on this game. I wanted to pull one of the users and one of the um, critic reviews just to see why people disliked it. I mean, I know kind of some of the reasons, but it seems like the the length is a big reason why people didn't like it. Interesting. Uh, this user gave it a 4 out of 10 and said only worth $20. So about what you guys were saying Valid. along those lines. Uh, 43 hours, four, four and a half to five hours long, unoptimized, unusable controls, bad ending, running simulator with mini games, not puzzles, bad sluggish combat, unavoidable enemy attacks, and bad final boss. But the preface saying it has great atmosphere, great graphics, and good sound effects. But they give it a four out of 10, ultimately. I would that, have all like. of the same points. I just wouldn't give it a four out of 10. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I and think then a lot critic, of it comes from. Uh from how you look at it whether you look at it as a game or yeah. if you look at it as an look at experience. His art. if you look at it as a game i guess i guess i can see that review because like you were saying a lot of his points were very i agree with a lot of that i also wouldn't give it a four out of ten mm. <laughs> or we're just too nice maybe that's what it is or we're just too nice <laughs> um but game rant its review says finishing a score does not leave the player with a sense of satisfaction it's not scary and it's not fun most will be glad that it's just over and at least it's mercifully short it only takes about five hours to beat Scorn, and our playthrough ended with us earning 11 out of the 12 game's achievements. Scorn gives players absolutely no reason to return to it, and quite frankly, it doesn't offer much reason to play it even once. I, I would disagree with that review, though. Like, I think... That feels a bit overly... Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think that person was driving for clicks. Like, I think, mm-hmm. whether subconsciously or consciously, like, obviously, as a journalist, and especially as a reviewer, at a level that that person is reviewing, like... If you don't say something interesting, you're not going to get any eyes on your piece. And so it's, yeah. it's easy to be overly, you know, one way or the other, like, oh, my God, this is the best game ever. Or this is terrible. No one should play it because it's like, oh, that's yeah. controversy. Um, right, right. Like, no, I think there is a benefit into the experience. Like, 
Absolutely. There are definitely games I've played that there's not. Like, trust me, I'm not someone who's like, every game is a little snowflake. Like, no, like, <laughs> there are shitty games you shouldn't play. Uh, this is not one of them. This is a, a game that's very interesting and did something yeah. very different. Also, not scary. Like, it's not scary. Sure. I think, it, it, again, with the advertisement, it made it seem like it was going to be it's some like, kind of It's like Eldritch Horror, though. It's like a whole genre yeah. of horror that exists. Like, yeah. just because it's not jump scares and Five Nights at Freddy's, yeah. like, if that's your experience of horror games, like... It's almost, like, grotesque horror. Yeah. Like, The Evil Within. Yeah. Like, Evil Within is a great example of, like, grotesque I mean, the first horror. time we squished those babies, I, like, looked away a little bit, because I was like, they're not going to actually do this. They wouldn't, like... I'm like, oh, oh okay. Or cool. scooped out the, the little friend of ours, or... Yeah, like it's it's gross. It's gross. It's not scary. It's gross, and that's mm, it's, its own thing. genre. But yeah, uh, yeah. What, like a body horror. That's what they call it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised you made it through this game, Kai. You you hate that kind of stuff. The arms being cut off, and I don't, limbs I don't being like chopped off. Thing. I don't like any of that. The, the other problem with reviewers as well is that you don't know if an editor assigned that person to review something because everyone else is busy and this just is yeah. not their type of game because that Absolutely, is something yeah. that can happen. Well, that's if, the problem um, with reviewing in general. I mean, if you're rev- if you're looking at game reviews, they're a person's opinion. I mean, I know you can look at like IGN and they're an entity. And when you're reviewing a game like that, you're reviewing as an entity. And I understand that. But I think you have to understand that like at the end of the day, this is someone's opinion. I also think that, once again, you can have an opinion. Like, I try to always contextualize my opinion, even with something like Chrono Trigger, which I did not like, which I could easily have taken the approach of that this reviewer took, right? Of being like, this game is trash. Yeah. If you like it, there's no point in playing it in today's world. Yada, 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 yada. Like, okay, there are very few things out there where there really is no redeeming quality, and... Even in Chrono Trigger, a game that I did not particularly enjoy, I can find the redeeming qualities. I can find the through lines to yeah. what made that game popular and what led it to influencing others. And obviously, Chrono Trigger is a classic game, and I'm not really yeah. comparing it to Scorn. But I think do right. your due diligence as someone who's a journalist and realize that it's not just about your contextualized experience, but what is it doing? And what is it doing yeah. differently? And what does that mean for the space in which it's coming from? But once again, I, I you know, you got to get the clicks. You got to, you got to, I'm a little clout yeah. goblin. I get it. I get that you want to be a little clout oh, goblin. goblin. When you post yeah. that shit on Twitter and you're looking for the retweets and you're looking for the ratios and you get to put like score in his ass cheeks uh, on a tweet, people hashtag, are going to want to engage with that. And it's going to be like, we're going to go, no, I love this game. And people are going to go, yeah, this game's terrible. Blah, 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 blah. And you sit yeah. back and go, feed me attention. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a lot harder to make something interesting when you're like, oh, it's there's good parts, there's bad parts. <laughs> like, yeah. People are like, okay. 100%. Yeah, no shit. Uh, I, 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 there's, sucks. there's a person that gave it uh, an 100 on Metacritic, which I don't necessarily think I, I would give it that. Not but 100 either. <laughs> they, yeah, exactly. I do want to, right before we leave, just read their review because I think they hit a lot of good points and it might be a good wrapping up for anybody that's curious of playing Scorn after this. Okay. So they say Scorn is a special experience for anybody looking to have their expectations subverted of what a good horror game can be. It's gory, surreal, provocative dive into difficult or even taboo topics, and it's wonderfully crafted and near perfectly optimized. 
wouldn't say it's perfectly optimized, but it's okay. Well, it depends uh, how you define it optimized. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I guess that's correct. The game's themes and visuals are challenging and extremely mature, but executed with great subtlety. The game is a technical marvel and, and concise as any horror game should be, as as oh, so as to not overstay its welcome. That, um, that synopsis is... Um, I mean, they gave it a hundred, which I disagree with. Like, I think you yeah, can be uh, po- you can be positive, but be honest in the fact that it's by far not a perfect game. Uh, but I think that synopsis is much better written and yeah. uh, you know explained than the professional reviewers. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who was just like, bad, don't play bad game, don't play it, not worth your time. It's like, well, why? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think they could be a little harsher on the fact that the the game design is not great and yeah the control... it's gonna, what, what what you're describing as optimized i don't know what the context of that is and then technical marvel when i think technical <laughs> technical marvel i think about controlling so, the game okay. and the character in, in our and defense and i don't know how many people experience i don't know how many people have xbox one s's like we streamed it yeah so we streamed it and i don't know how many do. people streamed this game and maybe that's just yeah. a, a terrible way to play it i don't know that's that's maybe. probably true that may be true that just us streaming it is the reason why if maybe there's like a like a, like a latency maybe that's when does, why we when are does like it officially struggling. release it is officially released. oh it's out on all all things on all well it's out on xbox and pc it's a timed exclusive for those so two. i don't know when year, they would it maybe comes a year to or two playstation yeah i would say maybe give it a year or so but you can it's just an xbox series x and s exclusive like you can buy this game it just when if when it, when it, it inevitably else, goes on sale because honestly this game got dicked in the reviews uh, and they're gonna cut the price from 40 there's no way they can maintain that so when it inevitably goes on sale for like 15 dollars, i will buy a copy and i will replay it on pc just to see if it improves anymore with mouse right. and keyboard Wait, wait to see our scorn uh, re-review well, coming. Yeah, I think once again, I think it's one of those like it's one of those games that's going to lead to, hopefully, at least the people who made it to more things like it, and maybe a like a very yeah, if, good they, if you of can it. grab the the environmental designers and like stick them with people that are like great at storytelling. That has the potential winning for recipe. perfection. Yeah, yeah, you, that's a winning you recipe. Right out there. If you can shit. do that. That might be cool. Okay. Well, with that, we're going to put a nice little bow here on Scorn. Wrap it up for today. I hope you guys enjoyed this extra special episode of Happy Halloween. Podcast. Spooky Happy Halloween. Halloween. Be Halloween. safe. Eat lots of candy. Uh, post lots of uh, Halloween memes. I always love the ones where it's like, uh, be careful, parents. Someone put uh, uh, something in your Snickers and they Photoshop like some random thing like someone put a Ford Focus scorn in your, is in your Snickers. Snickers. Scorn. I'm going to post that. I'm going to do that with our thing. Uh, yeah. um, but yes, in tomorrow, the our interstitial comes out for all of our uh, play along patrons. You guys can check this out today that the Scorn episode is going up. But tomorrow is our interstitial of Turnip Boy and the reveal of our next main series. So very excited. Make sure to check that out tomorrow because we'll be starting playing that this week. But guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for getting the end of the episode. As always, we love you. See you next time. Peace out. Love you.